Let's go. Hello and welcome to another edition of MMA Uncaged, episode seven. And time flies when you're having fun. This one brought to you by Ginger Fox Coffee. Check out gingerfoxcoffee.com for more. Guaranteed to make you as clever as a fox. Now, it has been a rather interesting week. It's been a busy week for the lads, Justin Ferrier and uh, Gareth Soldierboy McClellan. But let's just dive into the action. Uh, another fight night at the Apex in Las Vegas. It's the penultimate one before we head to the Fight Island, which is in Abu Dhabi. And a lot of controversy, Gareth, about Curtis Blades and the way he went about his, his fight against Alexander Volkov. He did say before when he tweeted, he was like, no, he's going to ragdoll him. But it was a boring fight for, for the spectators. But I suppose for the purist, it ticked a lot of boxes. Oh, mute, <laughs> Just can't get it right. <laughs> Fighters, <laughs> you can see. We've Being punched in the head is no good for these boys. <laughs> Close <laughs> them down. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I'll tell you a funny story before we move on. I uh, did an Instagram post and I tried to write a story on, on, on a specific post and I ended up writing it on the same guy's page, but on another post. Um, it was to uh, Butch James and uh, I, I wrote it on his, uh, on his a post of him and his daughter, this guy. And then Butch was like, definitely, on that post right there, definitely been hit in the head too many times. And I, you just got to put your hands up and go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry right now. Um, yeah, look, I, it's such a it's such a, a weird space because uh, you do your job and then it's not good enough. Uh, everybody expects to see this incredible, spectacular knockout or these amazing guys standing and banging or this incredible uh, skill set like a Khabib uh, where he's totally dominant or jiu-jitsu. The thing is, the level of MMA at the UFC is so high and it's 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 continuously evolving that I feel we're going to start going back to the boring fights to win. You're yeah, because they, it's, of, they're being well-matched. Yeah, you're getting in front of guys that are just, they're on the same level as you. It's an inch. It's a one mistake and in the, in the fight changes the direction. Um, so, yeah, maybe a boring fight. A lot of people said GSP was, was boring to watch as well. Greatest martial arts, as I think, that's ever lived. Um, he's the greatest champion in the UFC. He's, uh, he's done more than anybody could imagine. And now would you tell him that he was boring and it was, uh, it was terrible? You know what I mean? He got in, he won. That's what people wanted to see. I think Blades did exceptionally well in the beginning. A lot of movement, good head movement, good level changes. And he threw some exceptionally good strikes off that. McGuire started to slow down. Um, Volkov, exceptional, 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 exceptional physical shape. He was, he was under the pump for five rounds. And if you watch the fight, the last two rounds, he actually started to come back, in my opinion. You know, he started to find his range. He started to tag him. He started to stuff the takedowns. Um, a lot of the damage was done in rounds one, two, and three. And then on, on, my, on my side, four and five went to Volkov. So... Bit boring, but if you understand the sports and the technicality behind it, it's kind of, it's a, it, like you said, it's a, it's a purist's uh, watch and not a fan's watch. 
The Poise, let, let's think about this. Think about how unforgiving heavyweights are. They expect it to move around like middleweights, which they cannot do. They just don't have the lung capacity for it. And people get bummed because there's, yeah, anybody can get tagged, but heavyweights, one mistake. Right? If somebody wants to hit you, they just need two knuckles and it's all over Red Rover. So I think, I think from looking at the positives that I can see, I'm surprised that two big men lasted 25 minutes. I think they were so boring, we have to move on. They were terrible. Uh, they were shocking. They were shocking, but they, no, don't worry the, about, don't the worry job about was done. That's good. The job was done. Look, you want to talk a real fight? Josh Emmett versus wow. uh, Shane Burgos. Wow. That was something oh, else, man. man. And Emmett's no uh, young gun, man. He's been around a long time. Some serious power. What a fight. What a fight. I tell you what. That Burgos took some, some right hands like I've never seen in my life. He ate punches for days. Head snappers. Where you, I'm okay, no, I'm not. Can I jump in here and say, Barachino? Who was the main event? Let's talk about the main event. I mean, that's Barachino signed his fight with Israel Adesanya. Oh, yeah, come on, claiming he's a billionaire. What is going on there, Paulo Costa? Claiming he's a billionaire in the sport. You can't be a billionaire. Oh, listen. You'd have to be listed. <laughs> let, me, let, let me tell you something that uh, in Brazil, he, he's a god in Brazil. I, I mean, For real? You can't understand. They, they, did, they developed him. They built him. He was the next big name above uh, uh, Nigeria's and Silvers and... He was the next big name to come out of Brazil. And the investment behind him is, listen, he could quite potentially be worth a lot of money. Billionaire? Definitely not. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few, there's a few, few bar in the bank accounts uh, from his endorsements. Trust me. And a chance against, uh, you know, style bender? Does he have a chance? I mean, I know everyone listen, has a chance, but I mean... Listen, I, I stood in front of the guy. He, he's... He, he's a monster. He's an absolute massive middleweight. Um, doesn't move like a, like he's he, he doesn't struggle in, in in the movement department. He got he's got a chin um, that I can promise you. Uh, he got very hit very hard by El Romario. He got hit very hard by Ryan Hall. Uh, so he can take a punch. I don't think that Israel Adesanya is just going to put him away like he has with the, the last two opponents. Um, and he's and he's he's forward. He will get in the pocket and he will fight uh, Israel Adesanya. How does Adesanya handle that? How does he this? I uh, this for me is uh, the game-changing fight for Adesanya. You know, he fights absolutely, absolutely agree with you because like I'm not completely sold on Kamari yet. Like he's he's doing cool stuff and flashy stuff and he's riding that forward wave. And a lot of people stop and we call it watching the movie. You, you get in there and you stand and you shock and you're in awe of this person that's doing all this funky stuff and you go and, and the UFC loved it. So they build him up and they build him up and he's got the best walkouts and things like that. They set him up to win. But you go, mm, should like I'm not 100% sold. I think if somebody, if somebody 
sits and puts him under pressure, I think he'll crack. We're talking about how good is Kamaru. he? On, how good is he? On, how, how good is Kamaru on his back? I mean, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, he's got a great scramble, but I mean, what's he going to do when he's got heavy top pressure and somebody pounding him? Well, that's my question: is well, how is Adesanya going to respond when he's got Paulo Costa coming forward, throwing bombs? You know, what does he do? Yeah, listen, I, I think uh, Adesanya has got an exceptionally. He's, he's got this this resume a mile long in terms of his stand-up credentials. I don't think he has fought a guy yet like Boricino, who has who has incredible knockout power, has speed in his hands, big guy can take a punch, um, and who will who who will get into a dogfight with you. He showed you that against Joel Romario that. He, he's not afraid. He's yeah. not going to back off. And how does Adesanya deal with that? I, my, my opinion, I believe this will be either kind of like, uh, okay, Adesanya was good, good run, or it's going to be, boom, Adesanya has arrived. He yeah. can now, people will start talking about him in the same likes of the Joneses, the... Uh, uh, John Jones and uh, Anderson Silva. I yeah. mean, those were the those those are probably the two elite strikers in in. in Absolutely. All right. And, uh, Do you think? Same what, what's your Carry What's on. your opinion of Boricino getting the fight in the ladder? So we know it's a good fight. We know it's, a, it's fairly well matched. No, he's dead. What, you, think, what, you think he deserves it? Do you think it's not, yeah. You don't think it's 100%. premature? There's no one else out there. There's no one there to find him. Or there's no one available at the moment. Well, it, not that. It's just that he's... Who, who else is there? Yeah. Uh, Gastelum lost to uh, Adesanya. Whitaker got knocked out. Yeah. Yoro Mario lost, uh, lost to... Um, Adesanya. To Adesanya. So the next guy's Boricino. He's yeah. ranked number two in the world. He's, uh, he's unbeaten. He's scares everybody. I don't care who anybody says. No one's putting their hand up to fight that guy. Yeah. Um, but he's the guy that puts his hand up and goes, <laughs> I will fight anybody. Bring him, I will fight him. All right, and, gents. Uh, Let's bring in uh, a guy you know very well. He's a former EFC champ. He's a WBA Pan-African boxing champ. He's made the switch from MMA to boxing. His name is Boyd Allen. Uh, Boyd... Your thoughts on uh, this this matter? Because at this stage, uh, we're a bit divided between uh, Justin and uh, Gareth. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, boy. What's happening, bud? You guys well? Yeah, yeah good, good, good. We're strong this side. Baratino again. again. No, or Adesanya. Yeah, what are you thinking? Does he deserve I think the it's fight? Gonna... I think in his own right, in a way, yeah. But... Uh... He hasn't really worked his way up the ladder as such, you know. But I mean, seems it's, definitely, it's definitely going to be a, a massive test for Adesanya. That guy's an absolute animal. Yeah, listen. I think also he just poses a different threat. He can, he kicks hard. He got, he got incredible leg power. He's got speed in his legs. He got hand oh, power. He got speed. Wow. He's not afraid to get inside and fight you. He's not afraid to stand at range. The funny thing is... And his is, cardio seems... He, he backs it up with cardio. It's weird. He's still throwing good intensity later on. I mean... And what you don't realize is he's actually tall. He's six foot three. He's not... He's not... He, 
he doesn't look tall because he's the size of a gorilla, but yeah. he's probably the same height as Adesanya. So the range factor goes is now all of a sudden not in Adesanya's favor. Yeah. No. I think he's going to be way stronger. Yeah. I think, and, Adesanya, I think Israel's got a problem in the clinch. And like, he, when he, he gets hands on him, he's in trouble. And Boricino is an exceptionally good wrestler, and he has a ridiculous ground game. That is, it sounds like you guys are backing Barcino, yeah. I, I listen. I honestly believe that Barcino be is going to be the next world champion. Boyd, I'm not uh, I, again. I'm not sold on on, on Israel. No, nah, I think I think Israel will take him. I think he uh, he's going to walk into something, and Israel can set traps. He's really good at yeah. that. The the, the biggest challenge is uh, probably his his forward pressure. Um, he doesn't stop going forward, and if Adesanya can handle that, then he can win the fight. So, uh, buddy, I got a question for you, man. I was uh, and I was funny because I was thinking about it after watching this weekend, and I saw two really good boxing displays. One was uh, uh, Layman uh, Layman Good versus uh, I think it's Muhammad Muhammad um, uh, Bella Muhammad, and uh, and then. The Shane Burgos versus Josh Emmett fight as well. Such yeah. good. Co- we always spoke about this about the jab and how effective it should be and what how people should use it in in MMA. And now we're starting to see its quality because I mean in that fight those guys were destroying each other with their jabs. I know Emmett dropped yeah. Burgos with a with a jab. Yeah, I think um, I think the jabs probably the one of the most underutilized punches in MMA and with those little gloves you can tear a guy to pieces and I mean I really I really rely on that in my fights I mean it's it I mean MMA has become this sport where you have to be a master of all disciplines I mean Gareth you can't hide anymore can you you have to be excellent on your feet you have to be able to box perfectly wrestle uh your jiu-jitsu everything you have to be all round especially at UFC level so the thing is, at that level now, it's like, with the new breed that's coming through, these Boracinos, the Adesanyes, you know, this uh, Gilbert Burns, the young guys who are coming through now that are putting out their hands up. These guys are MMA fighters. That's what they've learned. They learn MMA. They yeah, go, they didn't start in one fight. They didn't favor one, one, you know, one They then discipline. go and do jiu-jitsu and boxing and wrestling and all the other things. But they learn MMA. Like they train MMA, MMA fighters. Yeah. So... And now the, the the margins are so small. I mean, it's changed as well. Also, the strength and conditioning and power ratios and outputs and it's all become so scientific um, in their approach. You're now creating highly highly skilled um, fighters, yeah. and you're matching them with this incredible athletic ability. And there's just when I tell you this, some of those dudes are scary. Like really, from from small weight to heavyweight, there's some dangerous guys there. Um, guys, uh, Boyd, in, in terms of uh, where you are at the moment, I know you. John are, Jones or Tarson, Boyd. John Jones or Tarson. I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> I mean, Boyd, what did you uh, make of Mike Tyson? I mean, it was unbelievable to see this guy who's half a century old. And he's got the hand speed of, of someone who's new to the game. It's ridiculous. Uh, he's, he's just got that fire in him. And we all love to see it. And we all want to watch it. And he's an absolutely unbelievable athlete. I think the whole world's talking about him on a daily basis. And yeah, just, I, I'd love to see him perform again. Although you don't really want him to do 
you know you don't want you don't want him to go backwards from what we know and love. Justin says he'll fight him for a hundred million dollars. Only because I know that <laughs> whoever I leave the money to is going to be good. I absolutely will die. You'll have to find the ambulance. <laughs> but at least never. my children's children's children will be saying for a hundred bucks. I would never. Even I'd at die. I'd absolutely die. No, and even at 54, scary. I would never. I wouldn't even allow it to happen. Yeah. Um, but I mean, guys, I mean, we're scary. seeing this crossover stuff. We had Connor and Floyd and now John Jones talking about Tyson. I mean, is this the future? You know, the sort of hybrid stuff? I mean, what do you guys think? Oh, I hope not, man. I hope not. Because uh, as much as I'll watch it and as much as I'll get up in the middle of the, in the morning to watch it, because I, and I'm contradicting myself here, I just feel... Like we touched on it, you don't you don't want to see them fail at the end. Yeah. Like that man is, I would I wouldn't wash my hand for a week if I met Tyson. You know what I mean? Don't you don't you uh, think uh, at the same time uh, you would like to see maybe a John Jones in a boxing match and watch him when, with that specific combat art? This yeah. is the problem that I have. Is that yes, I absolutely do. I, I, yeah. I do, but I don't because I love John Jones and I love Tyson, and somebody's got to lose, and that's horrible. And I want to see him. But I want to see him win, but I don't want to see him beat John Jones. I you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, I feel this, I'm, con I'm conflicted. You know, imagine John Jones. I really do think that that's the next evolution of fighter, that the, yeah. the next, next group of young guys coming through will be able to do anything. Will be able to go and wrestle at an Olympic level or... I compete in a world champs in jiu-jitsu or... This is the, you're talking about young guys, G. No, no, no. But you know what, you're talking about young guys, bro. We're talking about a 54-year-old legend, household name. Yeah. Killer. Like, you, killer, killer. 100% killer. killer. Yeah. And I'm like, do I want to see him be pipped at the post? Like, it's, it reeks to me of money-making. And it, the man made and lost $300 million to us. So yeah. it reeks of, like, the oak needs the tin. And it kills me because... As much as you prize fighters and as much as you are fighting for money, you should never fight for money. Money should be the byproduct that comes from some doing something that you love. Like you're in the 1% in the world that gets to showcase and live your life and live your skill. I would do yeah. anything to have the skill that you guys have. Yeah. But I'm not able to. You guys and the byproduct that you, you make it or may have made, make a living from it. But I'm just like, you shouldn't do it for the tip. The, okay. the moment you sign a fight for money, it's like, oh, come on, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But what are you putting? I mean, it's I'm just, a... I, I still watch it, bro. I'm going to still oh, buy the tickets. That's me. But I'm saying I'm a prostitute like, for it. That's the I'm, issue. Look, Tyson had a very lavish lifestyle. I think, um, you know, other fighters uh, are a lot targets, wiser bro. with their money. Yeah, you know, he had a gold, golden Rolls Royce and like six properties, and it was stupid. But I mean, Boyd, as someone who's moved now from, you know, MMA or, or on a hiatus with MMA and is now boxing. How have you found that switch to just one specific combat art? Because I'm sure when you started off, you were looking at a takedown or how you were going to do a, a leg kick or something in, in the boxing ring. You know, it's just instinct. Yeah, look, I think, uh, so I, I came from amateur boxing before I got involved in MMA and it was always my strongest uh, point in my, my martial arts game. I always liked to box. Um, and use my hands. And I think going back was, was kind of the, the journey I needed to go on. And it's really opened my eyes as to how different both sports are. And, and are you happy at the moment? I mean, is it, is it that journey you said, the new chapter? Is it, 
kind of like ticking the boxes for you or putting that fire under you, you know what I mean? Giving that spark in your belly? Yeah, yeah so I, I got stuck in a bit of a rut. I wasn't fighting very often here in, in SA when I was with the UFC and um, eventually got back in uh, into the boxing ring and they kept me really active. Um, I've had six fights in a year and a half or so and, um, you know, I'm, I'm the fastest athlete or boxer in South Africa to win and defend a title in four fights. So I've kind of uh, exceeded my expectations of, of where I, I thought I would go and how fast I would get there. And uh, I just need to keep growing and, and chase a little world title before I look at another return to the cage. Would you fight again? No, Anyone? definitely. Definitely. I, I, tell you, I, I can tell you a little side story about Boyd Owen. He won't know this, but uh, I'll tell it anyway. Like, he is probably the, the most well-mannered MMA athlete I have ever officiated over. There's <laughs> no, no controversy. There's no bullshit. There's no, like, you never, win, lose, or draw, there was no, you always kept those around you calm. And it was always a pleasure to deal with you because you were a gentleman. You would shake people's hands. What am I <laughs> I did, I've never officiated. I only cornered against you, boy. I've never ever, I've never ever officiated. I've you wasn't allowed. Been, oh, that's right, eh? You were on the. I you cornered against you. Of the cage. Yes, you were. Yeah. It was twenty-four <laughs> seconds. You, I, we were enemies for twenty-four seconds. Right. Tell us more. Wait. Tell us more. You're gonna share that story now. Come on. What? What do you want? When you fought, I'm on the brain. I, I cornered. I'm on the brain against you. And I was like, "Hey, bro, good luck." And you're like, "Oh, good luck, bro. Like, I hope it goes well for you." And I was like. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I go back to Boyd. I mean, he just like, oh, you know, there was every time he fought. I mean, when he fought Don Madge and there was a draw, like he just everything was cool. Like it, he he was happy with the outcome. Like he was well, he, he was cool as a cucumber. And it was just like it was what it was. No flailing arms and no oh the bloody judges and like just a gentleman. I don't know what he said behind closed doors, but he's entitled to think whatever he likes. It's not. He didn't voice it. Hey. But it was just—it was just a play. It was just a play. Always the same, even backstage, he on the mat. Uh, everything that he did, he was quiet. He was chilled. Never got up. There was no emotion. Never got emotional about things. I, I think. I think once I saw Boyd get emotional. I, I think I've seen him get emotional once, and it was after one. Was of it emotional? Was it like sad, or was he angry? Because no, I'd imagine he, the anger no, to be quite I, big. He, was, he had one. He had fought <laughs> one, and he was just so relieved. It, that it was over for whatever reason. I don't know. Well, that's okay. You allowed that. But uh, on yeah. the second point is, we know you wet your eyebrows. We know you tweeze them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tweeze them. Yeah. Is that microblading? <laughs> no, it just. Uh, just, oh, just you gotta, gotta keep up appearances. <laughs> hey, yeah, boy. Huh? Tell them right. Tell them. Listen. You, you gotta... still do that thing where you pull up your pants yeah. when you fight with boxing. Yeah, I do. Like when you right. reset, do you do that? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Okay. Right. Hey, hey, let's be nice, yeah. You've just complimented the. He guy. does. He put. He adjusts. Right. He adjusts. His, he like. He adjusts his, his, his the, the band of his pants. Okay. Uh, boy, do yeah, you have any? Uh, do you have any rituals or superstitions? I mean, uh, I pulling know, up his pants. <laughs> apart from that. <laughs> uh, sure. I, I don't think I've got any rituals or superstitions. Like, uh, I don't wear the same stuff for whatever the case is. I do stay away from certain colors. I don't wear certain colors. But other than that, not really. What colors what don't color you wear? Colors? Yeah. No, that's the most superstitious. Wow. No, I've lost twice pretty bad with normal white shorts, so I don't wear white shorts. 
Shut up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. So we're going to in Russia. Hey, we're going to do anything we can to win it, man. I lost as well. Quite bad. I had one in my fight and I lost because of my superstition of doing cardio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. It was a two-round fight, and I took my gum guard and I threw it at Dallas. And I told him, "Get this thing away from me!" And I took my loss. Oh, and one, oh, and one, Ferrier. Oh, and one. That's it. Oh, wow. That's your new nickname. Justin and I fought on as an amateur on the same. It was court. the same card. Same card. I was the main event. Yes, and I um, was the fight before you. Boy, do you see what Boy, I have to deal with? Like, I just paved the way for you, bro. No, it wasn't. You are because of me. No, there's no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt. Justin Ferrier made Gareth Soldier Boy McLennan. Boyd, um, so how's it been under quarantine and uh, lockdown? I mean, it, it can't be easy. No gyms are open. I know now slowly you're back at training, but how tough has it been? Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty tough, but uh, it's had its ups and downs, I suppose. It's been quite enjoyable in one way. I've got to focus on myself quite a bit and, and work on what I've wanted to work on. Uh, so it's been really, really cool like that. Um, but obviously, when it comes to training partners, sparring, things like that, it's been quite difficult of, so, of late. And the new gym, how's Not that going? Uh, so the gyms, everything's been put on hold. We're still uh, doing renovations and, and get everything, uh, getting everything sorted with the tenant installation. So for now, that's on hold up until the point that we're really sure gyms can open up again. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Can I ask you as part of your training, Boyd? Yeah. I know there was a while ago in the MMA world, there was a move away from hard sparring yeah. um, and a more move to technical sparring. What have you done... What, what in, in your fight camp, will you, will you follow that same thing or will you still spar quite hard quite often? So, so I've been to one or two different boxing gyms and the guys usually spar really hard. Um, I quite like it because you can work on things in a, in a real life situation. Uh, but where, where I'm currently with Peter, he, he really doesn't like sparring hard a lot of the time. We do a lot of technical sparring um, and that saves the guys quite a bit of damage, I think. I think a lot of guys tee off on each other in training far too much and it puts him back a few years uh, agree all your, you're spending all your miles in the in the in, in the gym as opposed to getting paid for it that's yeah. why i forget to unmute the, the that's why gareth forgets to yeah. lots of hard sparring <laughs> lots of hard sparring that's yeah. good eh? so you you with you with the smiths now eh? mm. yes yeah, so is there still an affiliation uh, is there still an affiliation to rich yeah, so uh, Rich is my, my MMA head coach. Um, we are, we're obviously good friends and, and we still work together now and then. Um, but, but yeah, I think, uh, and, and he actually told me, he said, Boy, if you're going to um, go and join a gym and commit to, to Peter, then make sure you do that. Listen to him, trust him 100%. And that's the only way you're going to have a coach in your corner that can understand you as an athlete. So I, I've, given, I've given myself to him and, I, and I've decided that um, I need to, learn and listen and trust in his, in his process and yeah so far it's, it's been working um buddy so awesome. what's what's next where 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 to next what what's the discussions on the table in terms of fights uh future fights future future title fights and so forth so i've been pretty pretty lucky with with that because uh because of my my really quick title run and um my title defense. They gave me an international in my fifth fight. 
I won the semi-final in the Super 4 in my sixth fight, and my seventh fight is now the semi-final, and that's a rematch against the, the guy that I fought in the title defense in my fourth fight, Brandon Tace. Uh, there, after probably looking at an international fight, either in the States or Norway. Okay. Would you be based in the States or are you happy here in South Africa? I know obviously you have business interests, you have family here, but would you ever base yourself overseas? I mean, like uh, Gareth's trained all over the world. Uh, would you follow that same route if, if uh, internationals called, you know, in terms of your fights? Sure. I think, I think if I had to, maybe, but um, we have really good coaches in this country and we have really good athletes uh, and a strong mindset. And uh, like you said, we've, we've been around a bit. Gareth's traveled, I've traveled a bit. And uh, it's not always green on the other side. So I, I think I'd stay here in SA and fight out of SA if I could. Yeah. Okay. I think, so what's the draw to Norway? I, I think that's How just big where, is the boxing scene there? Is there, is there, is there like a champion or something? So I think that's where Kevin Lorena will have his IBO title fight. Um, okay. Quite a big fight. Rowan Campbell will be uh, defending a title and I'm hoping to be on the, on the same card. Oh, that's exciting. That's very exciting. Um, yeah. Boyd, looking at, uh, I mean, uh, with all uh, due respect to, to MMA organizations and the way EFC has gone about things, they've obviously uh been trying to to get back into action but as someone who's now stepped out of um the mma scene for a bit and looking back in do you think it's still in a good space do you think we're still seeing you know talented guys coming through the ranks uh, guys that are like Drikus, uh timber that are destined for the ufc what's what's your take on the, the local scene at the moment yeah i think i think the local scene's battling at the moment um lockdown obviously hasn't made it any easier but uh we, the guys that, that you mentioned, guys like Timber, guys like Drickovs, they, they've been around for a while and, they, and they've fought some, some really top competitors. So their next step is to, to a bigger promotion. There's nothing left for them locally unless EFC decide to step it up a level and start bringing in internationals for guys like that to fight. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we had Drickovs on the show and he's pretty determined that the UFC is his next uh, step. I mean... Gareth and Justin, I mean, your thoughts. I mean, we had Graham Cartmel on the show a little while ago. I mean, gyms are hitting, are being hit hard by this whole COVID thing, and the EFC is trying its best. But at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is, we need the EFC to continue to be successful because what else is there for MMA athletes to aspire well, to? You know what I mean? Look, I, I think the conversation we had with Graham was was great because I think there was a lot, a, a, a much better understanding of where they're at and what their plans are going forward and. What do they see next? Um, I think we're very lucky that we have the potential to find uh, fighters uh, on our doorsteps uh, quite easily. Um, again, it's just the investment to those guys, the investment into those fighters, uh, nurturing them, growing them, uh, getting them to a level that we can push them into, uh, into the international circuit. Look, I think UFC has done exceptionally well. They've lasted this long. They've, they've been in a tough fight, but they've managed to, to year in, year out, continue. And, um, you know, I hope as a community we can all come together and, and support them and we can then create the next batch of uh, top-class fighters. Because I, I really think as South Africans just in nature and their physicality and their mindset and their determination, yeah, we can put out some world champions, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I mean, obviously, 
um, you're a lot closer to to um, to the EFC events. Um, your thoughts, just in 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 the way things are, are happening at the moment, the way gyms can potentially look at themselves and go, well, maybe we should hit the reset button here. Yeah, things are changing. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of gym closures and a lot of a lot of gyms people going to certain coaches, which is a challenge because a rivalry might lessen. So two gyms might amalgamate that would have fought each other, but those fighters have got to go somewhere. That so that is a challenge. But I don't know. Um, UFC obviously they want to fight. They need they need they need uh, footage to sell. Uh, the challenges we are see is there. It's going to be a knock-on effect from there being no amateurs at the moment because everyone starts at amateur and they build their way up. Yes, we have a lot of talent. I just worry about the gap because we're losing time. We're going to lose a year. I mean, mm. from the time we we really back in it, uh, and I, that's that's something that is, like obviously I've uh, I've got a, a big passion for the development of the sport. Um, and I, I, I had a chat with my committee here and I just said, as soon as they, because fight nights are going to be over, the promoters are not going to be, the small promoters are not going to be able to sell tickets. And if they can't sell tickets, they can't put on shows, even with free stock. So what I think is going to happen is that we, as individual provinces, uh, have to put on, uh, call it gym fights. Um, Obviously, completely sanctioned and safe, etc. But to keep, if you only allowed fifty people in the room, do it so that it's, you know, do, charge fifty bucks a fighter for them to compete to cover the cleaning costs, to cover the sanctioning fee, you know, that that type of thing to keep the the momentum going because that that is a worry for me because if you just stop everything and then you're only feeding the 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 professionals that are in UFC. A, they're going to get bored of the same people watching the same people fight. That's a big problem. And there's going to, and then when those, it is a huge platform for them to move on to international uh, promotions. And then what happens? You've got this two-year gap where there's nobody coming through, or you're going to have to blood fighters that are way too green to fight. You can have low levels of fighting, people getting hurt, and that, that is it. These are concerns that go through my head on a daily basis. <laughs> I, I, I'll I, fix it though. I'll find a way. No, but, uh, it's just. We'll trust but you to I've fix got it. to do these. I, I've got to do. I think we've got to do these little, almost like, not underground fights by any means, but gym fights that are sanctioned without spectators to keep the momentum going. And that's my opinion for the transition to go to keep the level up for guys to to travel through to professional. All right, gents, uh, we are going to run out of time. So let's quickly touch on the uh, fight night that's happening. It's the, the, the last one um, at the Apex in Las Vegas for the time being before we hit to Fight Island. Now, just looking at uh, the, the Dustin Poirier-Dan Hooker fight. I mean, Boyd, your thoughts there um, before we get to the very excited Gareth McClellan. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a fight. I think... Uh... Stylistically, they're both great strikers. Uh, Poirier's got really, really good hands. I, I've seen him box. I trained at American Top Team where he was training, and I think he's a great athlete with a really strong mindset. But Dan Hooker's also got this uh, special ability, and he can pull a surprise up out of nowhere. They're Gee. both really experienced. I mean, uh, I think Poirier's had over 30 fights, and Dan Hooker's close to 30 fights. Yeah, look, I must agree with Boyd there. Uh, both exceptionally talented strikers uh, can make anything happen off a dime, I think. 
If you look at uh, Dustin, he's a little bit more of a... He, uh, they've both got a boxing style to themselves. Uh, Poirier he relies a little bit more on the power punching aspect. Uh, where Dan Hooker's a lot like, like Boyd Allen. The, the same sort of fighting style, good crisp hands, good jab. Uh, very smart with his combinations, puts his combinations together exceptionally well. And then he's just got these sneaky kicks that come off the back of them, you know? He, I learned uh, from you, Gareth. <laughs> no, I, I caught one or two. Can you see the scores? Yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm the guy. I just try and punch heads off. I don't... Uh, <laughs> my game. How um, nice of you. But, uh, yeah, just look, I mean, if I, if I had to think of, a, of another fighter like him, I would say that him and Boyd are very similar in the way that they approach their, they, he breaks, he break the, they break them down with just good, accurate punching. And he just, that kind of creates a frustration, which makes them cause a mistake. And then he, he picks them off. Really good submissions, uh, good off his back. Nice, he's got good wrestling. Um, those the New Zealand boys are are, are are really really putting their hands up in terms of uh, the ability that they, they he's from the Adesanya Volk, uh, uh camp. Uh, they've got an exceptionally that New Zealand kickboxing uh, academy is it's really top class. I was there when I trained in New Zealand. So yeah, they, Dan Hooker will come in very prepared. Dustin Poirier the same good mindset. I think we're in for a, a, a really good bond, bond burner. I think that these two boys are going to punch each other's faces in. I think it's a crap of fight. I just think that what is going to boil the... And obviously, we'll never, I'll never discount Hangway uh, and Hooker. But I must think... Yes, they have similar records. I just think Dustin spent more time in the sun. So I think he probably will top it because he's been fighting at a higher level. And that's what I think will give him the edge over it. All right. Well, I think Dustin to win. All right. There you have it. Uh, thank you very much, guys. I do appreciate your time. We're out of time. Boyd Allen, uh, all the Thanks, best guys. for that, uh, that fight good coming you, up Boyd. in August. And, uh, keep, up, uh, keep up the good work. And, and as you said, one day we might see you back in uh, the, the EFC or in an in a MMA organization. Who knows? It'll be good to see you again. But all the best, Justin and uh, Gareth. Thank you very much, gents. And uh, we'll catch up again next time on MMA Uncaged. Thanks very much. Let's go. 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 This is the world. No surrender. No surrender. Yeah. You know that this right here is the world. Go. And there will be no surrender. Now allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me J-O-A to the easy ear. Know that we undefeated. Y'all are beneath them speeches trying to air a grievance. But his lines are overhead. Better check the air for clearance. Call the tower. This is our credit. He the air apparent. Uh-huh. Really, I've never been better. Legacy, this is forever. All the more times I've been seven. I'm raising the boy. You can go ahead and measure. Think about time for a toast. Time that we welcome the goat. Yo, we're just leaving it. No. This right here for